Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Happy Easter. Alleluia. Alleluia. He is risen. My name is Judy Como. I am your host today. I'm so excited to share the blessings of the octave of Easter. Today is Wednesday of the octave of Easter. I'm here in our studio in St. Mary's Catholic Center in Bryan, Texas, locally listening on KEDC 88.5, joined by our busy station manager, Thaddeus Romanski, pushing buttons and sliders and cords. We got it together, bro? I think so. Good morning, Judy. Hey, you sound great. We got a little bit of a start by the uh, black helicopters that we saw on the horizon. (laughs) That was a little strange. For our listeners, uh, Thaddeus and I are catching up and... Just talking about a couple of upcoming events, and his eyes get real wide and just can looks over my shoulder, which the window's behind me, and there's eight to ten helicopters, Black Hawk helicopters, military helicopters. And so, uh, this is another extraordinary event that we'll never really know what's going on right over our shoulders. Yeah, we have no idea, have no idea what that was all about, but yeah. So if anybody's listening, hopefully an auspicious beginning to our day, they could call and tell us what it is or text me. Yes, that'd be great to know. How are you? How can they get in contact with you, Judy? Here at the studio, what's the the studio? uh, Well, they could call in mm -hmm. to eight five love red sea. That's eight five five six eight three seven three three two. That'd be great to uh, hear from someone that would know about that, yeah. or perhaps they would like to just wish us a happy Easter. Yeah. That and would be very cool. We'd also too. love to hear from anyone in the Waco listening area, KYAR listening area. You want to call in, tell us why you're going to the Waco Benefit the tomorrow, benefit, benefit. 6.30 p.m., Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. Tom Peterson is going to be speaking to us about being... Catholic heroes, needing more Catholic heroes. And my goodness gracious, did we see some Catholic heroes on display Holy Week in a heroic way, in a, in a positive heroic way. Absolutely. With uh, Father Jean-Marc Fournier mm-hmm. rushing into Notre Dame Cathedral to save the relics and the Blessed Sacrament. And then so devastatingly those martyrs in Sri Lanka. Yeah, Lord. 300 Catholics killed. Pray for their souls here and now. Disgusting violence. But they're in heaven now. The blood of the martyrs, that red martyrdom. Yeah, beautiful um, images of that, very consoling yet still. Uh, you know, uh, as you rem- reminded me of the priest. <clears throat> retrieving the Blessed Sacrament. Um, gosh, over 20 years ago, I was a part of a Eucharistic retreat weekend. And um, just 
I guess what part of my uh, desire when I interview someone is for us to tell our story and our reason, our, our history, our witness, our testimony to our faith is so encouraging to others and why we believe what we believe. We should be able to eloquently tell that story because it interests other people. And I remember uh, I'd like to uh, mention uh, Camilla Scamardo. I've been so blessed to know this lady in my Bible studies, uh, but she was on this retreat and uh, we were talking about a time to uh, fully embrace the idea of the Eucharist, the true presence of the Eucharist. And it's such a huge thing to try to understand, but and we'll probably never fully understand it. But she told us of a story. Uh, if you live here in the Bryan College Station area, there's history of floods. And she lived in an area called High Bank. I couldn't get you there, but I know that it exists. There's a history of flooding in this area? Yes. <laughs> Would you know anything about that? <laughs> uh, for our listeners, Thaddeus' home has flooded a couple of times since I've known you. But... She remembers as um, a child them having to evacuate their house and all meeting at a certain area in the community, and the men got their family safe and went to the church to receive Mm -hmm. the Blessed Sacrament. And it was just like, this Mm -hmm. has got to be Mm -hmm. something real when these men were willing to risk their life, as that priest was um, to do so. Thank God for heroic. Marvelous witness. Yes, beautiful. And so uh, we'll hear more about heroes, saints, on uh, tomorrow, one day away, but it's still not too late. No, it is not. You can still get your tickets. We can still even, we'll even squeeze in still a $5,000 table if somebody wants to step up and do that. That We're still waiting for that $5,000 table sponsorship. It's not too late to do it. We uh, And if you're uh, <clears throat> just joining us, uh, this is Red Sea Roundup, and we have a wonderful interview with uh, Darren Sincooley. That name should be familiar to a lot of our Waco listeners. A wonderful parishioner from West yep. is yep. going to talk about uh, his experience and um, the call to the to apply to the diaconate. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be there. He's hosting a table. Lots of friends of the radio. Uh, His son is going to be providing some music. cocktail hour music. We and, heard a little bit of it as yeah. we let, when we'll yeah. hear some more of it as we uh, go to our break. This yeah, afternoon. but we've got, like you said, we've got a pre recorded interview with Darren. So you only get to listen to Judy and I live for about another 13 minutes, Just but we're still minutes. would love to have someone call in from Waco talk about why you want to come out to the benefit dinner, why you're going to be there what Red Sea means to you. And when you're, when we see you tomorrow night, we, I look forward to uh, shaking hands with a lot of people and, and getting to see your bright shining faces and hear uh, how we're helping you. We hope you're, we're helping you grow deeper in your, your love for our Lord every day, keeping you connected from Sunday to Sunday, kind of being that, that uh, chain that connects you from one Sunday to to the next. That's yeah. what we hope. We the also radio want to does. welcome our listeners in the Palestine area. We talked about you our betcha. local here in Bryan College Station. So, uh, shout out to KINF, our listeners, one hundred seven point nine in Palestine. Uh, love to have a few of y'all come over to the benefit. 
tomorrow night and help uh, just help us uh, tackle that debt. But not only, of course, it's a fundraiser. Of course, we want to uh, have a successful benefit. But um, I just encourage everyone. It's such a wonderful opportunity to be in a room full of like-minded people yeah. and passionate for the radio. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's just a great opportunity. Yeah. It's really building, it's kind of really about building that community, um, community that, that, that sense of uh, fellow feeling amongst the people who, who listen. It's a great way to make connections between the parishes. Sometimes People in the parishes can, depending on what the feel is in, in, in a particular city, it can be uh, a little bit walled off from one another. Others, other towns and cities are more, there's a lot more uh, kind of interchange and cross-pollination between between the parishes. But we think that the, the radio helps helps to do that. People can hear about what's going on at the various parishes and, um, and participate in something, you know, a retreat or a, uh, a, a speaker something like that, even if it's not at their home parish, they can learn about it and go, go do that. And that, that's good. That's good for the, the, the body of Christ in a, in a particular geographical area. Absolutely. Going to be some great food. <laughs> you know what? Take great me out to the ball game. Baseball theme. And yeah. Going to hit our home. You want to hit a home run that's for right. uh, Red Sea Radio. Mm-hmm. Get you a, get you a hamburger. Right. And Help us to have hit a grand slam of a, mm-hmm. of a benefit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think my grand slam is going to be uh, a hamburger, bratwurst, a brownie, and a beer. I think that's going to be my my grand slam. That's a lot of bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's alliteration. Hey, you know what I do? I do what I can. <laughs> hey, do we have anything going on here uh, locally? We Any do. few announcements you wanted I, to make? I wanted to take a few minutes yeah. to talk about your. Uh, our wonderful interview with the bishop and how yes. we can uh, hear it on the day to day. I know that it's on the. I heard your PSA this morning on the oh, way great. here. Great job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so let's talk. A as you bit all about know, it. and I know that a lot of you listeners know that uh, we had uh, an interview arranged with His Excellency. Bishop Joe Vasquez of the Diocese of Austin. Um, this doesn't apply to directly to our listeners in, in Palestine, um, but they still may profit from listening to this interview when it when it does air. Um, so we, we we had a hundred over a hundred and twenty questions submitted from listeners in the Bryan College Station and the Waco areas, and within an hour format, Bishop Vasquez was good enough to answer 20 of those questions submitted. Um, It was a really great experience. They were very hospitable to us at the chancery there in Austin. And we came away with um, good answers from Bishop Joe. And it was really helped him a lot. And he was thankful to get to hear the concerns of his flock and uh, speak to them forthrightly. And so you'll be able to hear that and judge that for yourself when we put that uh, radio interview on the air. And we're going to have it kind of staggered throughout the the day. We're going to play it on the air once a day, every day between May 20, (laughs) May, April 29th and May 4th. Okay. So that's starting next week. We have the schedule on our website 
redsearadio.org slash interview. You can find the daily schedule there. So I'm not going to, that's not very good radio for me to read the uh, schedule on, on the air, but please go there, redsearadio.org slash interview. We've got a PSA running to give you that information as well. And find that that time that works, you know, well for you to listen to it. It's about it's about an hour long. Great, and there's also an opportunity. We want to hear feedback. Uh, yes, your opinion about it, and we hope that this is a beginning of another opportunity. Yeah, we hope this is not a one off. We don't want uh, this to be a one off. Quarterly, mm-hmm. um, so we could have some feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, about it and looking ahead to the next yeah interview. so we'll we'll put up a probably you know put up several Facebook posts to solicit your feedback uh, that you listen to and we've kept that email address that we use to get your questions questions at redsearadio.org. I think that's pretty apropos yeah. email address wouldn't you say I like it yeah yeah I like so it. we've kept that active so you can submit your feedback to that mm-hmm. questions at redsearadio.org. You can get the schedule for the interview uh, broadcast times, redsearadio.org slash interview. Great. And um, it was a real privilege for me. I never in a million years would have guessed that I would have sat down across from a bishop of the Catholic Church and, and interviewed him and been able to ask him really incisive questions well thought out questions from our listeners. Mm. Not, not, that's not the part I wouldn't believe I'd be able to do. I know that that you're capable of of answer of asking those great questions. I just never thought I would be the one sitting in that chair getting to do that. Yeah. Never, that's that's a, a real privilege for yeah, me. A blessing for our station to be utilized, and you know, the yeah. sky's the limit for the different ways. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the Holy Spirit has prepared for us to use this station? Uh, indeed, indeed. In the future, so all of this is wrapped up in uh, having a successful benefit. Oh, uh, we, we just got we just got we just got a great email from one of our great Waco supporters, uh, dear Stephen Shifley. And he said, "Oh, uh, my buddy, my You mentioned, buddy. yeah, you mentioned seeing several black helicopters at the start of the program, and he remembers a time in um, in 1993 when he saw a lot of black helicopters outside of his uh, his house in in Waco, and uh, it was the beginning of the the Branch Davidian raid." Oh Lord! Yeah. Wow. So that's what that's what that called to mind. That's not necessarily a hap, the happiest of memories, <laughs> but it nevertheless it it's something that spawned um, that you know that term the black helicopters in the sky and and you know ideas around around that. So yeah, Stephen, we hope it's not anything like that here in Bryan College Station. I'm sure it's not, but boy, it was sure startling to see uh, a. <laughs> You know, a flight of uh, eight Blackhawks in the, on the horizon. Uh, our studio is located cl- right next to the A&M campus, and, um, you know, the fire yeah. school is over there. Right, by the George the, Bush uh, Library is here, yeah. I see. Of course, I'm trying to read something off of my phone, and then I get a call come in. But, uh, oh. hey, uh, Thaddeus, we had a few minutes to talk yeah, about, about four how, minutes. Uh, how our uh, Lent went, um, and I pray that— we can all have uh, that discipline can continue on um, 
with that, uh, one a couple of interesting things about the octave of Easter that sure, I forgot sure. about since last year. But if we go to Mass this week, we'll pray or sing the Rose, uh, the Gloria mm-hmm. every uh, day of that. That's a special liturgical celebration for us to remember. And um, oh, uh, just a couple of things that are coming up, not this weekend, but the following weekend on May the 4th. Love, love, love this uh, fundraiser. It's called Walk for Water, uh, something that we all certainly take advantage, take for granted that we have good running water. But this uh, benefit will take place here in the Bryan College Station area at Merrill Green Stadium, uh, where you will be invited to come and experience walking and carrying water to be in unity with those countries uh, that have to do that on the day-to-day. There's a group here that uh, fundraises. Uh, 100% of the proceeds will go to building a water cistern that will help collect rainwater and provide. Um, This has been a fundraiser that's been here several years. Uh, I was privileged to be a part of it. And uh, just a little FYI, a gallon of liquid weighs eight pounds. Okay. So walking up to say, I'm going to take those two gallons, I was uh, convicted right away how difficult that is to walk uh, a mile. So uh, on May the 4th from 1 to 3 p.m., we're invited to come and uh, join in the walk for water. It's a fun Fun event, and I highly recommend those who have children to experience the don't you know wasting water and how how easy it is to uh, take that gift of water for granted. Indeed. Um, At the same time, something we're entering into another season of uh, not just wedding season coming up on us, not just Easter season, but it's Catholic parish. Bazaar and festival season. Yes. Got and two of those in the Brazos Valley area. Wanted to quickly, just kind of a save the date kind of a thing, right? Um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. May the 5th, come on, Internet, St. Joseph's Catholic Church Festival mm-hmm. is being held. You're invited to join St. Joseph's Church for their 39th annual parish festival. It's going to be held at the St. Anthony's Pavilion off Tabor Road. That's around Highway 6 in Bryan. Mm-hmm. The fun begins at 11 a.m. with barbecued prepared on site. There's diversions for your children. The famous country creation station, the ever popular heads or tails game, a fantastic live auction. It's fun for all ages at the 39th annual St. Joseph Parish Festival on Sunday, May the 5th, starting at 11 a.m. They have a 42 tournament, a domino 42 tournament the day before that. That's kicks off. That's like super secret special. You only heard about it by uh, Judy mentioning it, throwing that in right at <laughs> the end. It was on their Facebook page. Uh, Ronnie Grohoski shared that on his Facebook page yesterday. Uh a lot of fun shaking those right. bones. Awesome. 
All right, stick with us and come back and hear our wonderful interview with Darren Sincooley as we hear the music of his son. back to Red Sea Roundup. We're listening to the awesome tunes of Kyle Sincooley. We are in our studio at St. Mary's Center in College Station, Texas, recording this to be played a couple of days later, the Wednesday of the octave of Easter. Easter tide, I think, is the term for this season. Is that right, Thaddeus? Hi, Judy. Yeah, it How is. How man? Good, man. Great, great, great. Well, I uh, want to welcome... <laughs> Time's up. Is that what that's supposed to mean? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> all for, for our, the show. For our listeners to know that <laughs> uh, you can't see blushing on the radio, but that's okay. Um, my guest today is Darren Sincooley, father of Kyle Sincooley that had the lead in music, bumper music. Happy Easter, Darren Sincooley. Happy Easter, Miss Como. How are you happy, doing? I'm oh, blessed. You made me think my mother-in-law was here. Judy? Oh, please call me Judy. <laughs> yes, Miss I love my mother-in-law. Don't get me. <laughs> I didn't mean to disparage her in any way. Happy Easter, Thaddeus. Hey, thanks, Darren. Thanks for Great. being here in the friendly confines. It Confines? Yeah. It doesn't feel restrictive. Well, that's good. Okay. <laughs> it <Great>. will. <laughs> <laughs> so Just we wait. are here uh, with Red Sea Roundup. This name, Sincooley, is probably very familiar to our uh, KYAR listeners in Waco, Central Texas. Yes, indeed. But for the rest of our listening audience, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. What got you here? And why would I even be interested in talking to you today, dear? Mm. <laughs> are you trying to answer that for yourself anyways? But uh yeah, we're always searching. Absolutely, absolutely. So for our listeners in Palestine and here in Bryan College Station, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. And um, I'm I'm blessed to share my story and blessed to be here. Um, just a little, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I grew up in the small town of West, just outside of West. Uh, I grew up farming with my dad and my uncles and brothers and uh oh raised uh also by my grandparents uh my grandmother uh my, we call her granny Sincooley. she was one of them good old Czech grandmas that cooked made kolaches every day and bread and and uh oh. how am i still thin i don't That's know questions burning through my <laughs> mind right now but uh you know one of the things that she did when we were growing up she'd pick us up from schools we went to school at St. Mary's Catholic school there in west and uh, she picked us up, and when she brought us to her house, before we could eat a kolach, before we could go outside and play, before we could go to the field, the first thing we had to do was sit in the living room and pray a rosary. And there were some fits thrown. My brothers more so. It didn't bother me as much. It was my brothers that were a little upset. But uh, 
we sat down and prayed a rosary, and she taught us the importance of prayer. She taught us how important it was to ask our Blessed Mother for intercession. And I didn't realize how that would play an effect in my life later. My goodness, you can, and, my story can parallel that um, only on an Italian uh, slant to the same th- same story uh, and the beautiful example of my grandmother in that. So Thank God for grandmas. Amen. <laughs> so um, I guess uh, carrying forward, uh, she, was, she had a big part in my uh, faith formation as a child. And uh, growing up farming as well, early to My work. My dad was a cotton farmer. Late, late, you know, just long days. And so my dad would want to go to the field early in the morning, uh, and he would drop us uh, off at school, me and my brothers. And one day, uh, Monsignor George Doskocil, Doskocil, depends on which part of uh, town you're from, uh, <laughs> he said, he told my dad, he says, you can't be leaving them boys outside, you know, this early in the morning. And uh, he said, they need to come into Mass. And he said, they can go in there? He said, yeah, you could, they can go. So we served. We served every day, every every morning Mass, me and my brothers. Uh, and then Mon, uh, Monsignor Boldy Zintek came along and really enjoyed uh, serving with him. And guess who got called out of school when there were, there were funerals or, or special Masses going on? Uh, Father George and and, uh, Monsignor Boldy, Monsignor George would come and they'd ask for us. And uh, we got to get out of school. We thought that was a nice (laughs) privilege. But um, we ended up, uh, uh, Monsignor Boldy and myself, uh, he would always tell me, he says, maybe one day you're going to be wearing the vestments. And I didn't know, was I being called to be a priest? You know, that was a it was like I felt it, but I didn't respond to it. And when I got to high school, <laughs> it just went out the out window. Out the window. Yeah, mm-hmm. peer pressures. And girls were more important. Drinking was more important. And just misbehaving was more important to me, despite my grandma's uh, chastisements and parents' chastisements. You know, I, uh, I'd, I'd, I would try, but I would fall. And... um so, long story short, uh, came to where uh, I was uh, dating this girl, and uh, who happens to be Kyle's mom, and uh, we ended up uh, moving in together. She came to work. I was working in Dallas, and she graduated from school, and she was in Dallas, and she was scared to death to live by herself. I thought, well, what can we do? You know, well, we can we can save money. We're going to be getting married. Let's save money and move in together. We th- both thought it was an excellent idea. Mm. And <laughs> Grandma was pretty mad <laughs> and didn't know why. It just didn't make sense. And uh, so uh, we, we worked through all that. We got married and uh, had Kyle. It snowed on his birthday, by the way, was the Epiphany. Kyle was born on the Epiphany. And uh, life became rough for us because I didn't realize all of the things that I had bottled up inside of me that I let affect me as I was growing and uh, became angry. My drinking didn't help. Became uh, prideful. All the deadly sins that that were eaten on me, and yet 
I couldn't see it. And so between me and my wife, we struggled. Our marriage suffered. Um, all the way until the time, uh, I want to say it was in the, probably the mid-2000s. She was pretty mad at me. She wanted a divorce. And I said, well, we're Catholic. We can't get divorced. We got to figure this out. Because I said, let me tell you what your problem is <laughs> and how wrong I was. Hmm. So she went into, she'd always recluse and she would go into her room and pray. And, and uh, she went into her bathroom and she asked God to have something happen to me to make me wake up. Even though we went on a marriage encounter, that helped. But I still had problems letting go of my pride and my anger. Ended up, uh, she prayed at this, uh, and I skipped over a part. In 1995, 96, I'm sorry, 1996, I was diagnosed with a heart problem called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. You hear football, basketball players Mm -hmm. where their heart enlarges and thickens, and if they stress too much while they're playing, it closes off above the valve and their heart blows out, and the individual dies. That's the condition I had, and luckily I paid attention to my body and, and through the grace of God, you know, reacted to that contact. Of course, the encouragement of my wife went to the doctor, and, and he sent me to a cardiologist. He said, this is the condition you got. You need to take this medicine. So taking medicines from 1996 all the way until 2009, right? Right uh, after my wife told me she wanted a divorce, I didn't realize how bad a shape I was in. She prayed that something would have hap- happen to me. I go into the doctor for a checkup. And he said, uh, you're in congestive heart failure. You need to stop this medicine you started 13 years ago and start a new one. I said, wait Goodness. a minute. Yeah. I said, wait a minute. The doctor in, in, up in Dallas told me don't ever <laughs> don't don't quit cold turkey. Wean mm-hmm. off of it. Ah, oh, that's what we thought 13 years ago is what he said. And, and uh, you start this new one. Okay, you're the doctor. I did. Nine days later, I had a stroke. I was knocked to my knees. My eyes crossed. My face drooped. My memory was shot, and uh, it was it was hard, very hard for me. I couldn't drive. I couldn't see straight, couldn't think straight. I was totally, totally dependent on Stephanie, on my wife, to care for me. That is what made me start to wake up and understand what is what is wrong with you. What have you done to your life? Ended up through going to the doctors and starting to pray. <laughs> starting to <laughs> <You> pray <think? laughs> with meaningful prayer and realizing that, hey, you were just going through the motions and now you need to really pay attention. <laughs> um, to pay attention to what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm acting. So, but I've always had this charitable heart. I like to help people, but I didn't realize how much I didn't help my family. I wasn't the priest of my household. I would help at the school where the boys, my boys went to St. Mary's 
and uh, I would help them, uh, help the school, help anybody in the parish that needed something. I was Knights of Columbus, uh, St. Mary's School Board, you name it. Mm -hmm. I was doing anything and everything. An auctioneer. And I auctioned for church picnics and and all of the benefits. And there was this uh, guy that come up to me uh, afterwards. He'd bid for his mom and dad. His name's Jerry. Jerry, he's mentally challenged, but uh, he'd come up to me and he'd say, you missed my bid. <laughs> and because uh, I had that stroke, he said, you missed my bid. I'm going to beat you in the head with the frying pan. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Jerry. And I, I didn't know if he was joking or serious. So my health kind of declined. And in 2010, uh, I auctioneered for a benefit and course it was uh, a Thursday when I went to the doctor and he says hey we need you to come in you we need to do a left right heart cath uh, he said we need to see how bad it really is inside your heart well I auctioned for a, a, a benefit the week before and and uh, that Sunday before us to go into the doctor's office on that Monday to the hospital for that left right cath Jerry walks up to me in the back of church and he says Stick your hand out. And I was like, no, Jerry, you're probably going to grab it and twist it and break it. And he says, I said stick your hand out. So I stuck my hand out. He put a rosary in my hand. I was like, that's nice, Jerry. And I went to hand it back to him. He says, no, you take it. I said, Jerry, I'm not taking your rosary. You take it with you to the operating room. I was in shock. I had no idea. Only person that knew I was going to the hospital was my wife. I knew that was a moment. God was telling me, better pray. I ended up uh, praying that rosary, brought it with me to the hospital, and when the doctors did the left-right heart cath, they said, hey, we're going to keep you tonight because tomorrow we actually have to go into the operating room. Now, you had that in the cath lab. This, mm-hmm. We're going to the operating room to do put in a pacemaker defibrillator. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I prayed that rosary and uh, prayed a couple of times. Still wasn't at that point. It was Of course, you know, it, was, it was successful by the evidence of me being here, but... Uh, I was slowly growing in my strength of prayer and growing in my faith, coming to understand slowly. And it was hard for me to still let go. I'd still get angry, plus my memory and my eyesight and all that was frustrating things. And to know that I was getting weaker all the way up until 2011, uh, I was asked to from the time that Acts came to West to 2011, I always told him no. And I was. I was busy. Never would work out. But 2011, I knew I needed to go. So I go on Acts Retreat in 2011. And that was— I just want to let our listeners know um, that we are recording this. And uh, our guest is uh, Darren Sincouli from the—what's uh, your home parish, you Saint, said? St. Mary's Church Saint of Mary's. And um, maybe our listeners may not know what Acts Retreat is, so we could maybe just elaborate a little bit on that and then continue on with your with your story. Sure. Acts yeah. Retreat is uh, is uh, put on by the parish, a group of uh, – well, in West we have men have their retreat and women have theirs, but it's adoration 
Community Theology and Service is what ACTS stands for. It's an acronym. And uh, it's a way to experience the Holy Spirit. For those that uh, haven't been on a retreat, you want to have your life changed. That is a retreat to go on. Mm -hmm. Your life will never be the same afterwards, I can tell you. Uh, um, I've been on a Christ Renews His Parish retreat, which is uh, something very similar. And uh, not only is it an opportunity to grow and experience the Holy Spirit in a new and dynamic way, but you witness, you experience it with people from your parish and you form some lifetime bonds that you are. That's what evangelization and discipleship is, yes. an exponential uh, value to grow in relationship. And the fruits of those uh, retreats are your parish grows and flourishes. And yes. um, I would imagine there's a at times of struggle, the benefits of being united like that, something that y'all have experienced in the West community. Uh, just recently had the anniversary of that explosion, and and your, uh, I would imagine what you're going to continue to tell your story, how that benefited you, yes, in the, yes, up until today, yes, yeah. So I I made that retreat. If you remember 2011, that was that was a rough year. Bass drop fires. It was so dry that year, and our retreat was held out at Clifton. You know, mm. if you know much about the hill country, cedar trees <laughs> and and fires are not good. They don't mix. And, you know, we're got going out in the midst of uh, a, a, what I call a tinderbox. You know, what is 365 times in the Bible it says, don't be afraid, be not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should have went there with that be not afraid. But we prayed on that retreat for rain, and, and it was one of the best retreats I had. And I had trouble with my heart problem just walking from our meeting room to the cabin. Um, and so I prayed when, when, well, when we were on the retreat, we prayed for rain. Our prayer was answered that Saturday night. It rained six inches that night. Goodness. Most beautiful thing we've, I mean, that's a whole nother story in itself. <laughs> Came home and uh, on that Sunday, and, and I had time to reflect and, and rest. Uh, as I'm laying in my bed that evening, I'm think, I, before I went to bed, I prayed. I was thanking God for that retreat, for letting me experience what I experienced there, as well as thanking Him for the rain. And whoosh, it started to rain. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And I'm thanking him again. I'm thanking him, you know, asking him for, you know, the ability to recognize my faults and, and to, to surrender to him and, and really grow and in, in, in love with him. And by the way, God, thank you for the rain. It started raining more. I said, wait a minute. This is not a coincidence. This is, this is, you're here listening to me. So, I said, maybe I just need to be quiet. So I closed my mouth, and I just laid there listening to the rain. And just as you hear me talking to you, I heard, I am healing you. And I started crying. It moved me. 
and it lit a fire in me. I thanked him for the rain again, and this time lightning struck, and it rained the rest of the night. It was so beautiful. I don't complain about the rain anymore. I don't complain about the hot weather. God provides mm-hmm. what we need. So that was such a m- monumental time. And I, I bring that up, or a r- remarkable moment that from that point on, I knew that I needed to be starting to follow him even more so. But I was getting weaker physically, my muscles and and all that, up until the point of 2013. It was April the 16th. I'm at home in congestive heart failure. I'm coughing up blood from from the back pressure in my lungs. And uh, then the next day, we all know what happened. Uh, if you don't know, that's when the fertilizer plant exploded in West. I was at home. I thought lightning hit my house. Mm. I looked out the window and I saw smoke coming up. I thought lightning hit my neighbor's house. And then as I, my, I, I wanted to go help, and my wife's screaming at me. And she says, get back in the house. I, of course, do I listen? <laughs> <laughs> I took off to go help. And uh, ended up going, seeing the fertilizer plant exploded. I couldn't do anything. So I told my youngest son, Corey, was with me. I said, we just got to pray. That's all we can do. So we went back home and prayed. The next day I started running a fever. Went to my family doctor. He said, you uh, need to take an antibiotic because you might have bronchitis. You might have some kind of infection, but something's going on. I said, is it my heart? He said, I don't know. Contact your cardiologist. Called him that day and the next day. They never returned my call. Even on that Monday following, never returned my call. And by that Monday, I thought I was going to die that evening. So I called my cousin. I have a cousin that had a heart transplant. I said, can you get your doctor to meet me at the hospital? I I think I'm going to die. That was on Monday night. She said, let me call you back. (laughs) Can you wait till tomorrow morning? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so that Tuesday morning, April twenty uh, second, I drive. Uh, had my wife drive me to the hospital in Dallas, UT Southwestern, but it used to be the old St. Paul Hospital, the Daughters of Charity, and uh, ended up in the uh, getting to the hospital. They said you're not leaving. You're going to get a heart transplant. So I. My goodness. I laid in the hospital bed crying for my friends. I had I had several friends that died at the uh, in the explosion. explosion. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be there to help. Couldn't be there to console the families. I was helpless in that bed. But I prayed. I said, God, I'm praying for that healing that you promised me. But I didn't realize at the time he was... It was the physical, how I had my mind on the physical. Mm -hmm. He was healing me spiritually. So I ended up waiting in the hospital. I got listed, and uh, Father Anthony came to West to do some of the funerals. And um, when he came, he asked me if I was scared. 
I said, no, Father. I said, I live my life, and I, I got to accept what God has in store for me. If he's ready for me, I'm, I just want to have a good confession. He says, don't you worry. You'll get your heart. I said, really, Father? You're, he was studying in Rome. I said, I know you're up there at the Vatican with the Pope. You got connections or what? <laughs> he says, you say 5,000 Hail Marys, you'll get your heart. And I kind of laughed. I said, how am I going to keep up with that? He says, I pray. I walk around in the gardens every day. I've been praying for you. I've been praying the rosary every day. You can, you text me where you are, and I'll text you where I am, and we'll see who gets to 5,000 first. I said, okay, I got you. So I prayed. Every, I mean, I was praying already before, but I prayed nonstop, all day, every day, but also found that the praying the rosary was good, but something else was lingering in my heart, and it was the Divine Mercy Chaplain. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was a prayer that was to be prayed at someone's death. If that, it's such a, it's a promise. Oh, <laughs> it, it's anyway, beautiful. I'm singing it. In yeah. the ICU, and I don't—I didn't care what the nurses thought or any of that. So, long. There's there's a whole. This is probably three hour discussion on that part, but I received my heart. I almost died on the morning of May the thirteenth. You know what day May the thirteenth is? Feast day of of Fatima. Yes. And I, knew, I felt like it was a Marian day, but I couldn't. I'm just listening to yeah. what you're saying, not paying attention to. So Anything I, else? I'm laying in bed that day reflecting on my life. I'm I'm making phone calls to some people that I know that I offended, asked them for forgiveness. And before I went to bed, I prayed to God. I said, God, I heard, you know, I heard you say that you're healing me, and I understand what that means. Mm. But if it's your will, if a heart could come available, I ask you. And blessed Mother, I, I beseech you to carry my prayer to your son. I was in the middle of the third decade. I can't describe what came over me as I was praying that Hail Mary. But I knew my prayer was answered. And the next Hail Mary, the phone rings outside my room. The next Hail Mary, here comes the nurses. They pull back the curtain. They said, what are you doing up? You almost died this morning, and you ain't rested all day. What are you doing up? I said, I'm praying this rosary. I got my prayer answered. I have a heart coming. What makes you think that? I said, I'm pointing at my rosary. I said, this this rosary that Jerry gave me. And so they looked at each other. Did you tell him? Did you tell him? No. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they said, do not tell your wife or kids or Facebook or text. But there is a possibility. And uh, so all, I said, when it, how long will it be before I know? They said, it takes four to five hours. And it was midnight. Okay. One thing I didn't mention is when I had that experience on the retreat, mm-hmm. when I came back, I woke up every morning at four o'clock. Every morning. Guess what time I woke up that morning? Four, four o'clock. A.m. The nurses were pulling the curtain back. And they said, what are you doing up? <laughs> I said, my prayer's been answered. I got a heart, don't I? They said, yes, call your heart, uh, your wife and kids and tell them to come up here. And uh, your surgery scheduled for 9 o'clock. So there's a whole lot more to that, mm-hmm. but I received my heart on May the 15th. Praise God.
So there's that's part of the beginning or or the part of my journey in being called. I uh, I was not going to let that sit and stop. I prayed in Thanksgiving, but all the whole time in ICU, I prayed for my friends and their the family, the town of West, and everybody that helped. There were people all over the world wanting oh, to yes. help West. So I just prayed in Thanksgiving for that. So that answered prayer, I I made a promise to God that I'm not going to sit back and, and ignore this call, that call that I ignored when I was a, a youngster to, mm-hmm. that I felt was a call to the priesthood. I said, I can't be a priest, but diaconate is probably what you're asking me now. He put a fire in me. And and so many opportunities telling my story, people asking me to write a book and um which my wife is wearing me out to to get finished. <laughs> but uh it as I recovered, I I was on fire. And so I'm I'm I went back to work and I'm in San Antonio, I'm listening to uh the radio. I was waiting if there was a big cold front that came through and it was ice on the windows. It was a Monday or Tuesday morning and I'm I'm trying to listen to a Catholic radio station because I didn't want to listen to any other radio. And I found this Guadalupe radio station and this guy saying, and there is the, the, uh, the gospel and the homily. And now we move into the prayers of the faithful and offertory. And, and he started explaining the mass in a way that I never heard. I went to Catholic school eight years and I never heard it explained this way. Maybe because I was not paying attention I just never it's heard anything. your time. It's your time I to was hear on it. fire. I said, This is on radio. I want to bring this back to West. So I'm trying to reach out to the and I did. I reached out to Guadalupe Radio, who has a station in San Antonio. They have a station in Dallas. Talked to Dave Palmer, and Dave Palmer said, Hey, you need to talk to Doug Pearson. Doug is our engineer, and, and I'm asking him about getting the tire set up, the licensing, and the feeds, and all this. And he's like, Man, this is pretty complicated. Well, I'll let it sit. I talked to Father Ed Krosick. He was in West at the time. He said, maybe you ought to talk to Chuck and, and Stephanie and, and uh, Stephanie Lee and, and these people that, that are trying to get it going. I was like, we got other people that are getting it going in West? <laughs> well, yeah. So I reached out to him, and it was, well, licensing, and we can't. it's not going where it wants to. So it kind of sat still for about a year. And then a good friend of mine, Darren, uh, the other Darren, people mm-hmm. say, uh, he uh he says, you know, there's this radio tower that's for sale. Maybe you you wanted to get radio Catholic radio started, and I saw the price tag. I was like, well, I can't afford this. But <laughs> eek. <laughs> so I did some checking and uh, knew that uh, Dennis Maka <laughs> was working. You know, trying to get something going with uh, Stephanie and Chuck and the people from West. So I reached out to him on an email. I said, hey, I'm interested in, in helping you get the Catholic radio going in Central Texas. There's this tower. And I said, whatever I can do to help contribute my time and talents, I'm here. I want to help. And so I met with Dennis the next day. He he responded to my email that night. and and uh, Unlike your doctor. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it was the, it was part of the beginning yeah. uh, for me to do my part to help. And there were so many people from the Waco area, West area, that helped bring Red Sea Catholic Radio to Central Texas. Right, and it's providential that this uh, 
interview is airing on Wednesday, one day prior to the benefit for uh, KYAR. And um, Darren, what can we do? What can we discuss in in the last few minutes of our uh, interview that could encourage our listeners to how important this could be for them to attend this benefit or donate to the radio or many different ways that they can support uh, Catholic radio in central Texas and uh, part, uh, help play a part. Sure. Well, one of the things that I've learned and, and don't know why I never paid attention to it. We're all given gifts. God gives us gifts. And when we are to receive something from God, he wants us to turn around and give that away. And he'll then give it back to us tenfold. It's in Scripture. Why did I not know that or see that before? <laughs> and so the gifts that we have, whether they're our time, our treasures, whatever, our talents, if we can give to help spread the good news, to spread the gospel. And Red Sea is a prime example with all the wonderful shows through the apologetics, through the instructional through the mass. So who was uh, leading that program that you heard on the mass in San Antonio? Uh, Oh, that was Father John Ricardo. Oh, goodness. He's on Relevant Radio. Yes. uh, And and what a beautiful program. So many episodes he has. Uh, Anyway, that, that there's so many programs from Drew Mariani praying that I love praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet with him in the afternoon. Uh, listening to John Harper, Glenn Leverins in the morning, or oh, Patrick Madrid. My goodness. What, I mean, there's so many, so many good uh, shows on Red Sea, and, and we all can pick up on something. Mm-hmm. Something is in our life that when we're listening to it, God's speaking to us through that. So if we can give of our time, of our treasure, of our talents to help further this apostolate. That'd be great. Hey, Thaddeus, could you uh, give us the details uh, sure. one day before the benefit and uh, how yeah, can people... Few a uh, few reservations left. Uh, you can go to redsearadio.org slash benefit. Get your tickets there, $25 a seat. Tom Peterson is going to be our keynote speaker. He's the founder and president of Catholics Come Home. He's going to talk to us about being saints in the everyday being catholic heroes in the everyday and we're going to have excuse me a great uh take me out to the ball game theme baseball season theme with uh, burgers and brats and plenty of beer and wine and just have a grand old time it's gonna be awesome so starts at 6 30 at sacred heart catholic church in waco Right. Please join us if you can. That would be wonderful. So, so Darren, you have uh, completed your application for the diaconate? Uh. It's in the process. I'm waiting on, uh, well, I'm not waiting. I'm, I'm needing the time to finish it. And uh, I have, uh, I just got to make the time. Well, to- having, having walked that journey with my husband of uh, applying, it is uh, arduous. Keep at it and know, be assured of Keith and I's prayers thank you. for you and and uh, Stephanie and your family. And thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I think there's a follow-up interview in our future to go off on some of these stories that got left untold. But uh, Miss Judy, you and Keith and, uh, are in my prayers as well and all the those that are seeking formation. Well, thank you so much. And for our listeners, we are a... Easter people and Alleluia is our cry. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia.